All right, now I'm joined with uh, Stefan Kinsella, uh, uh, lawyer and uh, IP expert. Hey, Stefan, how you doing? I am doing very well. well. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, well, before we get like into the meat of this, why don't you do a quick introduction of yourself, and we can ju and tell the people uh, who you are, and uh, you know what your qualifications are, and why they should care care about your very learned opinion. Hmm. Well, I am in Houston, Texas. I'm from Louisiana, which is a, uh, a unique state in America. We, we're the only uh, Louisiana is the only state which has a uh, civil law, continental Napoleonic law tradition. Um, I'm a lawyer, and I'm a libertarian sort of theorist. And um, I've written things. I've been involved with Mises Institute. And um, that is my claim to fame, if you will. Oh, fair enough. Well, why don't we get into uh, your specialty, uh, IP. Now, why don't you define IP for the people? So, you know, people, I think people have a vague understanding of it. But, you know, I think it, with something, you know, like this, it's best to kind of to start from the bottom up and def to define things. Give well, IP, uh, not to be confused with Internet Protocol, right, TCPIP, um, means intellectual property, which uh, is a legal concept which covers several types of uh, laws. The, the primary ones are patent and copyright, okay? Trademark and trade secret and others are also considered IP. Um, so intellectual property is a type of law which governs the creations of the mind, as we say. Um, so if you come up with a novel or a painting, that's copyright. If you come up with an invention, that's patent. If you come up with a name for your company, that's trademark. If you have a secret that helps you succeed – that you keep secret a formula like the formula for Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever, um, that's trade secret. So um, that's what that's what patent law and IP law are. Now I'm an IP lawyer, which means I know patent law, copyright law, trademark law, in and out, and I do it. But um, I've come to the conclusion that. IP law is totally unjustified and is contrary to natural rights, natural law, libertarian rights, property law. It's a complete government uh, intervention into the market. So, okay. Well, what? Uh, why doesn't? Why do you feel that way? Because shouldn't IP? Because uh, the name it says property, and it shouldn't libertarians protect. Uh, support property, the defense of property rights? Well, I think that um, you can't just label something property and make it property, right? I mean, you could call a social security right or a right to a, a medical insurance scheme from the government property, and the government could enforce it as property, but that doesn't mean it's legitimate or justified. Um, so I think that um, uh, the proponents of patent and copyright have in, 
have engaged in a uh, a scheme whereby they they bamboozle the public and they basically propagandize and they call IP property as a way to sell it to the public. Um, so calling something property is not doesn't prove that it should be treated as property. Um, to my mind, property is a term that originates with the idea from John Locke and other scholars and theorists, which means that an individual has a right to control things that he appropriates from the state of nature or that he acquires by contract from someone else, right? Which was previously unowned and which can be used as a means to an end. Um, you can't just label something property and make it property. You could call human beings property, as in slavery. You could call uh, social security or welfare schemes property, but that doesn't make it so. So that's my basic uh, way of looking at it. Intellectual property is basically totally incompatible with human nature and human society. It's, uh, it's used by the government and the state to restrict individual rights. And all of the arguments for it are basically flawed. Most of the arguments for IP are if you don't have patent rights or copyrights, how would people have an incentive to innovate or create? That is the main argument you will hear. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yet, these proponents will never produce evidence of their proposition. They'll never show that uh, IP is necessary to stimulate innovation or creativity or artistic creativity. Um, they just assert it. Well, it does, it does kind of, one does kind of wonder because the idea, the, the theory is, you know, if people don't have this this uh, government-sanctioned uh, monopoly on their artistic works, then artistic works, then there's no incentive for them to create. Yes, and to to my mind, that is the uh, mentality of the person who looks for the government to create the right incentives in the first place. Right? I mean. Uh, the purpose of government is not to incentivize people. If government has a purpose, it is to uh, establish institutions that respect and protect property rights and that do not infringe on the rights of people that, that have property. So um, you can't just assert well, we have a government, and so it can issue IP rights. Yeah, we know that. The Constitution was enacted in 1789. It authorized Congress to enact patent copyright laws, and they did that about a year or two later. No surprise. That doesn't mean they're justified. 
No, I hear you. Not everything that the Constitution, yours or ours, uh, justifies as, you know, slavery was done under uh, the Constitution. So, you know, and Constitutions, as uh, I've heard bef others say before, Constitutions don't stop bullets. Uh, what about the idea that, you know, uh, if you create something where as a work of art or a song or that that's your creation and that you should have exclusive rights to it, to the use of it, to... Who uses it? What about what? What do you say to that argument? Well, I think that argument is flawed because it 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 draws upon the locking idea that if you that you own your body, which I agree with, and that you own the labor you produce from it, which I don't agree with, because labor is just action, right? And you yeah. can't own action. If you own your body, you own your what you can do with it, um, and so. Um, the main argument for IP is that you own your body, you own your labor, you own what you mix it with, right? Which is what Locke's, Locke's argument was. Um, and I think that's confused. It makes no sense to me. I mean, David David Hume pointed this out. He said that Locke, look, John Locke was was arguing against Filmer an earlier theorist who was trying to defend feudalism, okay? So he was trying to say that Adam and Eve, or Adam, I guess, as the patriarch of God, um, was given the title to the entire earth by God. So therefore, all of Adam's progeny and sons owned what he bequeathed to them. And therefore, all the feudal kingdoms and monarchies um, of the 17, 1600s had a justified title. Okay? So Locke was sort of responding to that. And Locke said, listen, yeah, he, he, he did not want to challenge the idea that God gave us the universe because that would be too radical. So let's accept that, which I think is ridiculous and fallacious. Um, he said, he said, um, the world is given in commons to man. Okay. And so Locke said, Filmer is wrong. And if there's an unused resource, any, any man can homestead it. By a by original or uh, initial appropriation, that's what Locke said. So, um, I think Locke was right, but part of his defense was in defense uh, was a response to Filmer, and he went overboard with his uh, labor theory, and it's wrong, and it's been appropriated by everyone, and um, it's led to the intellectual property idea. The idea of uh, defamation and reputation rights, etc. Okay. Well, like I, I'm, I, like I'm on, I'm on side with you. Why don't we talk about the the relationship between uh, intellectual property and real and what, we, what you and I would consider real property rights? Okay. So in the in the so just to be terminologically correct in the in the law. The word real property, real means realty. You ever heard of realty or realtors? Yes. 
So realty means uh, land or immo- what we call in the civil law immovables. Okay, well, maybe not real, maybe not like uh, real estate, but let's say like, uh, well, you know how how talk about how the enforcement of property rights uh, infringes on actual property rights. Right. Yeah, and I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm just trying to make sure we we don't get terms uh, confused. No, fair so enough. in the law, in the law, real property means uh, realty versus personality. We call yeah. it, or in the civil law, immovable versus movable. That's all right. I like dogs. It's my poodles. Sorry. So, um, sorry. Where were where were we're we? talking about uh, uh, actual property rights versus uh, actual property rights versus IP and how IP uh, infringes on actual property rights. Yeah. Right. So I think the purpose of property rights, okay, as a libertarian and as a legal theorist. The purpose of property rights is we recognize there are things in the world which we can have conflict over, okay, or dispute over, okay? And when, when this happens, we have a dispute, and we have to have a way to resolve the dispute, okay? So if there is a resource which people fight over, we have to have a way to resolve who is the owner of that resource. Now, in my view, every every legal system, socialist, communist, democratic socialist, welfare statist, whatever, has a way to resolve who owns this thing. Someone makes a, a decision at some point as to who owns the thing. The libertarian distinction is that our we, we say that the owner is the person who first owned the thing unless they gave it to someone else by contract. That's our basic, our basic difference. Um, so I would say that whenever there's a dispute, we should have a, a hearing right, where people can come together and we can say, who had this thing first, right? So that is a libertarian point of view. Yeah, sounds about right. And uh, well, I was just talking about because, like, the what I was trying to uh, get to is basically the idea that real property rights are infringed by the enforcement of IP because only through you know, uh, it, say for example, you're selling pirated CDs or something, just as a silly example. You know, you have your shop and everything. And then you're selling pirated CDs at a discount rate. And then how state enforcers would bust through your doors, smash your stuff, and arrest you for infringing on IP. Well, so, so this, this is an example of exactly how IP works. So intellectual property works by the government. Look, I don't want to get into the legal weeds here, but I have analogized or uh, classified IP as a type of what we call negative servitude. Okay. Okay, which means that – so um, imagine you own a farm. Okay, Let, let's start simple. And one of your neighbors says, I want to cross over the corner of your farm on a daily basis. Because it's a shorter path for me. You could grant him a servitude. 
Well, servitude is a right of use. Like yeah. he can go over your the corner of your property or whatever. So you could do that by by contract. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, or you could agree if you have a homeowners association, you could agree that um, I'm part of a 100, 200, 300 people in a in a given area, and we've all agreed that our homes will not uh, be used for commercial purposes, or they won't be used uh, in a certain garish way. Like we won't paint our homes orange. And if everyone agrees to that, there's no problem. It's a contra contractual property agreement. It's a uh, what we call in the law a restrictive covenant. Restrictive covenant. Okay. The problem with patent and, and copyright is that the government comes in and they impose a restrictive covenant or what I call a negative servitude on your property when you didn't consent to it. So they say that you can't use your property for a given purpose. You can't use your home or your factory or your warehouse or your garage for a given purpose. They basically take away your rights. Okay, So this is the essential um, essence of why patent and copyright law are, are basically theft. They are basically the restriction of competition. The government says you can't do A, B, and C, and uh, if you do it, we will use force against you. Yeah, well, uh, I'm totally down with that. Uh, why, why don't we talk about how the market brings the price of everything as low as possible and how how IP interferes with that. Like I've heard the, I think it was Jeffrey Tucker talk about the fashion industry and there's no IP there and you can buy a, a top or a shirt for, you know, $1,200 when some specialty designer creates it and then as the market does its thing, you can buy probably a similar shirt, maybe a little less uh, quality for like, uh, you know, 20 bucks because, you know, there's no, 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 no protection for for uh, you know, ideas and in, in fashion. Well, so so prices, of course, um, go down with supply and demand, right? So if there's more supply, the prices go down. No one could deny that. Um, in the fashion industry, let me, let let me give an example um, of how patent and copyright and trademark, which are all types of IP, have distorted the industry. Um, in, in, there is no IP right in fashion designs explicitly in the law. Therefore, what have, uh, what have manufacturers done? They have looked at the IP law, and they've tried to take advantage of what they see. And so what they do is they uh, – Louis, Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all these high – you know – high brand uh, companies, they embed their trademarks onto the designs of their dresses and luggage and purses and other uh, articles that they sell. Now, why, did, why do they do this? 
um, I think in a free market, it would be unlikely that we, there would be a demand for a Louis Vuitton or a Chanel purse or a piece of luggage or a dress or shoe with the logo spread all over it. But the designers put the logo on there so that they can use trademark law to sue their competitors. So because there's no copyright in fashion designs and no patent, they use trademark law. So trademark, patent, and copyright law uh, dramatically distort the entire cultural industry uh, by forcing companies to adjust their designs to take advantage of the existing law. Oh, fair I, don't blame, I don't blame them for that, but uh, it's a fact. Oh, fair enough. Fair. Do you want to uh, comment at all about the rise of IP laws with, like, because of the internet? Or not, maybe, maybe not because of the internet, but just as... Uh, it just seems like more and more I see... Uh, uh, I, there's more in like international treaties and such. There's a, a rise of I, uh, of IP laws here, especially here in Canada. It seems like there's uh, corporations and such are pushing uh, more more intellectual property protections. Yes, um, and actually, this is a case where Canada is actually worse than the U.S. Um, usually, Canada is better than the U.S. Um, um, the United States and the Western countries use treaty agreements and things like this to extend their hegemony, right, over the rest of the world. So they try to extend their IP ideas and antitrust and other ideas to the rest of the world. And they do this uh, without cease, inexorably. Uh, at the behest of the special interest groups and the companies, Hollywood, the music industry, the software industry, etc. Um, they just want to get American-style IP protection extended to the rest of the world. Now, Canada, Europe, China, Asia, South America, they're all gradually bowing to this request because of American influence and dominance. But it's not to their interest. It's because of special interest. And um, uh, I think it's bad for everyone except for the people that benefit, which is a small uh, group of players, Hollywood and the music industry, maybe the software industry. Um, America probably overall has benefited from IP law and our dominance, but most other countries, even Canada and Europe, are basically harmed by it. But they're, they're, they're strong-armed by the American policy to do this, um, which is the problem. So I think patent and copyright are completely uh, fascist and antithetical to property rights and freedom and economic development. Um, yet, these are policies pushed by industries that 
have a narrow special interest um, to keep them going. And they're winning for right now, unfortunately. Well, speaking of those treaties, uh, have you got a chance to look at the, uh, was it the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership? Uh, I, hear, I hear it's really bad for IP, but, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, this isn't my specialty. Uh, what do you have to say about it? So, if you remember a couple of years ago, um, the U.S. Uh, IP industries tried to push a couple of laws called SOPA and PEPA. Yeah. Stop Online Piracy Act and protect, I forgot what PIPA means. Yeah. Anyway, um, and that was defeated in a heroic act by the, by the, uh, by the internet community. However, ACTA, the Anti-Counterfeiting Trademark Agreement, the treaty that was being negotiated, is still ro rolling on, um, didn't get defeated. So TPP uh, basically takes some of the provisions from the SOPA and PIPA agreements and just reinvigorates them and just puts them into the... Uh, the, the rounds that negotiate these agreements. And therefore, um, well, so I would say, number one, any libertarian, any advocate of freedom and property rights and liberty should be totally opposed to these things. Um, so even though SOPA was defeated, I'm afraid that the TPP, which you mentioned, is going to reinvigorate them and, you know, uh, they're going to come in through the back door. So I'm very, very worried about that. Yeah, all right. Well, what, what are your thoughts on uh, IP and the biotech industry? Because to me, it seems like it's extremely problematic because, you know, you have like, not just, I'll just use the favorite whipping boy of uh, people who don't like the, who are having a problem with GMOs, so that's uh, Monsanto. Uh, they have, you know, if they have a bio, they have a a patent on on biology, and so you have to actually pay them royalties before you can even plant one of their seeds. And then you have uh, the idea of cross pollination, right? Uh, where where you know, if you have a field and you and your neighbor has a field of uh, GM uh, GMO Monsanto crop, and then. Some, and then there's some cross-pollination over into your field, they'll actually charge you with copyright infringement. Well, you know, theoretically, and I might be being a little hyperbolic here, but theoretically, you could have a situation where these biotech firms have a patent because of cross-pollination and, and, you know, and that kind of thing on all the, on all, all a specific kind of plant, or even maybe all plants in, in a, you know, far future, because, like I said, through cross-pollination... You are somehow guilty of uh, IP of IP uh, or copyright infringement or, or whatever the the specific legal term is. What are your thoughts on, on that that possible scenario? No, I think that's a good example. It's, it's patent, not copyright. Um, and um, um, actually, th there's a good uh, scenario in the novel. Uh, I think it's called Freedom. TM by Daniel Suarez, which is a sequel to uh, Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N, -E um, where he, he portrays this. 
Um, it's gr it's great. I love it. Um, this is just this is just the way patent law plays out. It basically allows you to stop your competitors. Okay, and so the GMO case, the Monsanto case, is one of the worst examples of it, but it's not surprising. Monsanto says that if the wind blows, okay, think about this. If the wind blows on one guy's crops and takes the spores, which are patented and genetically modified, and they uh, go into a neighboring farmer's crops, then Monsanto can confiscate the produce of the farmer's crops. This is the end result of IP, patent law, IP law. To me, it's an example. It's an example, it's just an example, but it's not surprising. IP law is completely contrary to human freedom, free markets, capitalism, and property rights. It's basically the state grant of monopolies and um, when people are outraged by the actual cases of where the government enforces these things, I think that they are ignorant and stupid. Because they don't realize that this is the expected natural outcome of when you give the government the right to stop innovation. Okay? This is what's going to happen. This is not a surprise. The, the problem is not patent trolls. The problem is not software patents. The problem is not um, a uh, a uh, a patent searching bureaucracy that doesn't have the right resources. These are not the problems. If you eliminate patent trolling, if you eliminate software patents, if you eliminate if you eliminate all the quote bad patents, you don't solve the problem. You still have patents being used by companies with the government's help to stop their competitors, like we see with Apple versus Samsung versus Google, etc. You have these wars of big hegemonic companies against each other, and then what happens? They settle. Samsung pays Apple a billion. Apple pays Samsung half a billion. They have a license. They settle. But what happens? You have a big wall. You have a big wall that no one can overcome to compete. No small companies can compete. So what we have is we have patent law creates oligopolies and cartels. Literally. I'm not joking. This is what's going on today, right now. So, patents stultify and dissuade and diminish competition. Well, it's, they, it's basically it's basically to me it sounds like a 
uh, a government law that says you can't copy me, nanny nanny boo boo. Well, th th think about what competition is. Competition means you observe what people are doing, yeah, and you emulate them. Maybe you do what they're doing and you do it better, or maybe you do it the same way and you just compete and you drive their prices down. Or maybe you do it better and you come up with an innovation and you have a lower price or a better profit margin. Or maybe you innovate completely and you outpace them. That's what the market is about. Okay, The market is about competition. And patent law and copyright law are designed intentionally to stop people from competing. I mean you hear this all the time. When people say, I'm in favor of patent law, you say, why? Well, if I come up with a new idea, I don't want people to compete with me. It's like, okay, I understand why you don't want people to compete with you. Yeah, yeah. but but it's but, not yeah, it's not just. It's not just. No, it's uh, like I said, the, the my understand my basic understanding of economic theory is that the, the market drives the price of everything as close to zero as it possibly can. Given a truly free market. Yeah. And and that and, and I think that's the thing that a lot of libertarian and Aust even uh, even Austrians don't want to admit. They don't understand that the purpose of the market is to drive profits to zero, right? In other words, it's not easy to make a profit. Oh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, and if you make a profit, you're sending a signal to the market that, hey, I'm doing something that consumers like and that I can do, and that was an un underserved need or whatever. And I'm making a profit. And guess what's going to happen? Within a month or two or a year or two, people are going to enter the same market, and they're going to try to capture that same need. So the inexorable drive for a free market is to profits to go down to zero. So profit is, in a way, an unnatural phenomenon. But what IP advocates want to do is they want to have the government come in and give you a monopoly over an idea or a pattern or a something that lets you extend your profit opportunity. They want to extend it. They want to say, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve, twenty-four months of profit is not enough, right? Because yeah, you're yeah. an early mover. They want to say, we're gonna we're gonna give you protection for your competitors. That's what IP law is. IP law is protection from competition. And it's therefore completely 100% antithetical to private property rights, free market rights, competition. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the free market. So just because the government labels it as property, they call it intellectual property, um, doesn't mean that it should be given the respect that regular property does, has. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, well, what do you see as, I guess there's probably not any any, any solution in the long term, uh, uh, in the short term anyway, because like, what do you do? Uh, you know, you, you go through the system, the, you know, the system is bought and paid for by the large, you know, the large special interests, you know, so you're going to have a hell of a time fighting that, uh, Fighting that battle, is is there any any uh, outs, any uh, any solutions that you're seeing to the problem of IP? Not political. Uh, politically, I think it's getting worse and worse. Um, 
politi- politically, I think that the uh, the pace of change is slowing, which is the only positive I can cite. Now, in other words, I think if the U.S. wanted to increase copyright terms by another 20 years to extend Mickey Mouse's monopoly, I think they would have a hard time right now because right now there's a lot of skepticism. So basically our only uh, our only victory in political terms is that we're slowing the pace of the increase of damage. But technologically, I think that there are several things that are good, several trends that are good. Number one is torrenting and encryption and the internet. Internet, So that is permitting people to pirate and copy and trade information even though it's uh, a copyright violation. I think that's a good thing. And then in the physical world, which relates more to patents, I think that the 3D printing revolution, which is coming, I think um, – will pose a big um, – it, it will pose a big problem for um, patent law enforcement because if people can have a printer in their garage or their, their study or their basement which can print things that are not uh, permitted by patent law, that will undermine patent law too. So my hope, to be honest, is in technology because I think that Legally, the pace of IP fascism is slowing, but it's not reversing. Mm -hmm. But technologically, I think that people are finding ways to circumvent copyright and patent law. And I hope they do because I think these these laws are completely evil and completely antithetical to human progress. Um, I'm not encouraging – look, I never – I never pirate movies because I'm a well-known, you know, IP lawyer. I'm not going to risk my uh, my situation, but I'm glad that people are doing it. Um, patented IP law are completely evil and have nothing to do with private property rights, individual rights, and I am glad when people fight them. Well, it makes me wonder if, you know, if it's just going to, the the rise of internet piracy is it's going to either going to do one of two things. If it's going to either, you know, make the the state more authoritarian in the way they they uh, enforce or it enforces IP, or, or and if even if they do that, I'm so do you think it'll eventually get to a point when where they where it's basically unfeasible to enforce intellectual property laws. Well, I don't. I don't know if there's like a breaking point or tipping point. I think that it's going to become increasingly more difficult. Um, I don't like to be a Pollyanna or a uh, naive, so I'm hopeful yeah. the government won't be able to enforce it. I don't think IP is their biggest interest, really. I think that they focus on it because Hollywood and uh, big media influence Congress right now. 10, 20 years from now, I don't know. That's going to be happening. 
So I think this is a temporary thing. I think it's inevitable that this shit, like like Corey Doctorow, who's a who's a uh, a great commentator on these topics, although he's not a libertarian, he says that copying will never become harder than it is now, and he's right. So the internet, the way things are now. Copying files and information will never become harder. It might be delayed for a while to become easier, but it's going to just ratchet up and get easier and easier and easier. So, in a way, the war against piracy of files is like the war against drugs. It's going to be defeated by uh, just the fact that it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, look, we have one, two, three, four, five states having marijuana legalization right now. They're just giving up. Yeah, I think a new. They, I think it was. A, I heard a new a new state just passed um, marijuana uh, decriminalization too. So, yes. So I think it's spreading, and I think people finally say, "What the hell are we doing?" Um, yeah. So I think at a certain point. Marijuana and then maybe harder drugs. I don't know. Will become people just just let let, let it alone. You know, yeah. we, we have well, other things to focus on. Well, it's interesting. And I, I'm no, hope, continue. I'm hope, sorry, I'm I'm just hopeful that uh, copyright and things like that will go the same way. I don't know. I think it might take 10, 20, 30, 40 years, but I don't think in the advanced information age that you can really stop information sharing which is what copyright is aimed at so i think copyright is ultimately doomed there may be thrashings of the people on both sides until it finally dies but i am hopeful not being a pollyanna i really hope that it will just die because technology will let us escape it. Well, also, you, you mentioned Hollywood a lot. Uh, I think that the rise of uh, alternate, like, right now, you can uh, you can get a $1,000 computer, and you can break, and if you have the right skills, you can make some pretty awesome special effects, right? And, right. you know, cam you can get some really nice cameras for, you know, under a grand that, that, that are, you know, that are really, they're professional quality. So you know, th theoretically, the entertainment the, the entertainment industry is going to become decentralized as well. So you won't have you won't have Hollywood to you know being the the great monolithic uh, monopoly of all this. You'll have more separate or decentralized people doing their own thing, creating very interesting content. So you know, I, I think you have a point there too. You like as as technology expands, we will have uh, we will you know there'll just be the 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 nat the monopolies that are that are calling for this uh, this draconian don't copy me policy is uh, will will be withered away. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, so that's that's my hope. I mean, I'm not a utopian, but um, I mean, I, I have a fear that the reason we haven't detected life in outer space is because that. Life snuffs itself out whenever it reaches a certain potential, and maybe maybe we're heading to that point too. I don't know. 
Um, but I don't think that it's really hard to imagine patent and copyright law being enforced in 200 years, let's say, of human society because of 3D printers and encrypted information and file sharing and torrents and these kinds of things and whatever is going to evolve from that. So it's really hard to imagine that they can keep this under control. Yeah, you can focus on murder and rape and robbery, but really people sharing information and doing marijuana and drugs, I don't see it. I think it's doomed, and that's a good thing. Well, so is what do you think is so? Are you think? Do you believe that? Can I? I, I find this uh, common with a lot of libertarians, and I, I don't know to what. Like, I agree with it to a, a large extent. I don't know if it's going to be the be all end all. But do you find? Te- do you think that technological innovation then is going to be the greatest? Uh, basically, going the greatest purveyor or the greatest path through which we can find liberty in general, not just through IP. Personally, yes, I do. I, I don't see any, any any other way that we can uh, beat the state other than technology. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic that technology will help us to defeat the state. Um, the state will gain as well, right, from technological innovations. But I think the state is incompetent and evil and uh, stupid and will be lagging behind. So I think that the freedom movement will always take advantage of things to a greater extent than the state does. So my hope is that as technology increases, as the obvious advantages of the free market increase, as people become obvious, uh, aware of the obvious advantages of freedom and the free market, um, the case for statism will shrink and shrink and shrink. And um, our tools will increase, and theirs will too. But, I mean, this is my hope. I don't know. It's, it's like a sci-fi novel, right? You can't predict. But this is my only hope, is that um, technology and freedom and knowledge and information will help us more than it helps the evil guys. Yeah, well, I'm hoping so, too. Well, I think we'll uh, leave it there for today, Stefan. Thank you very much for your time and uh, sharing your 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 uh, knowledge, your expertise on IP with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye, Richard.